Then, the text goes on, then Jesus, knowing all that was going to come upon him, went out and said to them, Whom do you seek? Interesting. We might remember in chapter 1, when those early disciples went out, and he turned around and looked at them and said, What do you seek? And they said, Rabbi, where do you dwell? And he said, Come and see. So here, went out and said, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus, the Nazarene. And here we have this interesting, which we've seen before. He said to them, I am. Now, this phrase, egoimi, can mean I am he. But this is the phrase, this is God's name, I am. And so, and it, it just happens that you don't have to put the he there. Egoimi. We've seen this frequently before. If you've been with us while we've gone through the gospel, uh, I am, meaning I am he. But meaning, I am. I am. Adonai, I am. Judas, John is very careful to tell us this first. Judas, the one to hand him over, was standing with them. So when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground, including Judas. He's part of them now. You see? I wonder what... Oh. And so, uh, then again he said, Whom do you seek? They said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus replied, I told you, I am, I am. I mean, ego imi. I told you, I am. You see? Uh, if then you are seeking me, let these go. That the word might be fulfilled which he spoke, of these, of those you have given to me, I have not lost one of them. Because if they got arrested, they could get scared. Look what happened to Peter, he denied him. And they're not ready. Most of them will die for the Lord. Um, all of them, except one, by tradition, were all killed, martyred for preaching the gospel. Except John, as the tradition has it. Um, so then, uh, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. Now, this notion about the slave and the sword and so forth, it's in the other accounts of Gethsemane as well, but not as clearly as this. Then Jesus said to Peter, now you see how it goes? Let these go. And then Peter attacks. And I guess they let him go. Uh, put your sword in its sheath. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? Now this is the cup. This is the phrase used at Gethsemane in the Synoptics. Let this cup pass from me. The cup means the lot, the assigned lot by the Father. But the cup often means the cup of wrath. God fills this cup and makes people drink it and they, you know, that's in Ezekiel, for instance. And so the cup, 
The Father has given me this cup. So you say, does the Father love us more than Jesus? I mean, he's having his son do this for us. Jesus doesn't need this. No, but the Father, remember, in chapter 3, that famous verse 16, God, that's the Father, so loves the world, so loved the world, that he gave his only Son to be our Savior. And so, you see, this cup is that act of love, if you will, uh, by which uh, the Father loves us and gives Jesus this cup to drink. Um, so, so far we've seen the talk about the disciples, the majesty of Jesus in so many of these texts. Judas now classified with the world and the explicit notion that this is the will of Almighty God. This is not the, the maneuvering of men. This is the, is the will of God that this happened. So as we look at this, you see, we're meant to look with the eyes of faith, appreciate the suffering, but see the love of the whole Trinity for us. And then appreciate, as far as the Lord will let us, the true nature of our sin. It took the crucifixion of the Son of God to restore us to God's favor. That's awesome. That's a super abundant, where grace abounded and where sin abounded, grace now super abounds. This overflowing love, all the pain, all the darkness of our sin is on Jesus. And so it says now, you see, uh, so then the cohort and the tribune and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him and led him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest during that year. If you look at any good, like, close history, uh, you can get an idea of uh, Father Raymond Brown's, that long, large volume, The Death of the Messiah, which is the best historical commentary on this, on the passion and the death of Jesus. And uh, so... Annas, he wasn't high priest right now. It was his uh, son-in-law, Caiaphas, son, who the one who prophesied, as John is going to tell us. But Annas was the most powerful man. He ran the show. And uh, he was high priest longer than anybody else. So they led him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, Annas, who was the high priest during that year. But in back of all of that is Annas, okay? Remember, as uh, uh, John tells us, it was Caiaphas who counseled the Jews that it was advantageous for one man to die for the people. He was trying to work up a good argument. If we kill him, the whole race is saved. Isn't that worth it? Not knowing what he was saying. If we kill him, the whole human race is saved. He was prophesying without really knowing what he was saying. And so, it was Caiaphas who counseled the Jews 
that it was advantageous for one man to die for the people. So now they're walking from Gethsemane up to the temple area, which is not a huge walk. I mean, people do it all day. Simon Peter was following Jesus and another disciple. The disciple was known to the high priest, that other one. This, of course, is intriguing. I'm not going to interrupt our meditation on the Passion, but this disciple, he's a disciple of Jesus, and he's known to the high priest. I want to say a few words about that other disciple. That disciple, John tells us, was known to the high priest. And he went in with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. I don't want to detract from our concentration on the Passion. But can you see? This is a disciple who moves in the circle of the elite of Jerusalem. Who could that be? And could it be a fisherman from Galilee? Uh, who is it? Later, I'm not going to go on with that now, when we discuss chapter 21, I'll come back to that. But it's important, because it does describe... Whatever connection we can establish, it shows you why John has such a deep understanding and a mystical understanding of the Jewish liturgy and how Jesus fulfills Passover, Sukkot, and now again Passover. Okay. Peter was standing near the door outside. Then the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper, keeper, and let Peter in. And now we start this tragic scene, which will be reinstated when Jesus talks to Peter again after he's risen. Then the girl gatekeeper said to Peter, You are not one of the disciples of this man, are you? And he said, I am not. Any one of us could see doing that. But think of the tragedy. See, no, I am a disciple. And I do not have to worry about what I want to say, what I'm going to do, because Jesus promised the Holy Spirit will be with me for all the rest of this, wherever it leads. And so, uh, then the servants and officers were standing around, having made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were warming themselves. And Peter was there with him, standing and warming himself. Now we leave Peter in the narrative and we go to the high priest. This is Caiaphas. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Why do you gather these men? What are you teaching them? Are you planning an insurrection like all the others who have done this ahead of you? Why are you doing this? You see, he wants him to say something that he can bring incriminating to Pilate, because you know, Pilate, what did Pilate care whether a couple of Jews are arguing over some of their law, of their theology? He's the governor of the place to keep it quiet, submissive to Rome, and paying the taxes. That's his job. If they want to discuss theology, let them discuss it. So they have to find a cause to bring to Pilate, and then force him, through their manipulation, to accept the charge and to crucify Jesus. So that's why they're doing this. 
the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in synagogue and the temple, where all the Jews meet together, and in secret I spoke nothing. Why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. After all, they know what I said. As he said this, now you can see the cruelty, you know, the rejoicing in the upper hand, the trying to win favor with the high priest. One of the officers standing there gave a slap to Jesus, saying, Is that the way you talk to the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I spoke wrongly, witness to the wrong. If well, why do you hit me? No answer and no charge yet. You see, uh, they're going to get one. And this more explicitly, when Annas, you know, tries to question him and get him to say something that they can bring and say, this man said, you see, uh, something subversive, insurrectionist against Caesar, you see. So, then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. And so, this ends this section. Now, we're going to have a third of Peter's denials, and then move on. And we'll be doing that next time.